What's happening? This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 67, baby. This is Pyromaniac Mo. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter. That's all letters P Y R O M A N I A C M O. The regular crew can be followed at P Y R O M A N, the number one A C. Stop on by pyromaniac.com. We've got volume three of the draft kit is out now. Don't wait. Whenever you buy the draft kit, we always send you the newest volume as soon as it hits the shelves. You know, as camp keeps rolling on, preseason's underway. Rankings keep changing. Pyro has your back. 23 tabs of mass destruction. I'm talking top positional weeks, touchdown dependency. We've got our tiers, our rankings, SOS, and so much more. The intro music today was from a funky band called Mr. President off the album entitled Number One, the track, of course, Left and Right. Check it out at the end of the podcast. You can hear the song in its entirety. Once again, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uncle Dave T. Thomas. We're talking quarterbacks. We're talking tight ends. Of course, rookies. That is his specialty. Dave T. Thomas of Scouting Services, Inc., He's been providing NFL scouting reports since the age of 14. Publisher of the NFL Draft Report. With with the Jets, you're thinking they're going to showcase Bridgewater just for some some trade currency. How do you think Darnell is going to do this season? I'd say he comes in around game four, game five. Let him sit there. Let him absorb everything that's going on. We are talking about the smartest quarterback in this draft. We're talking about the most mature quarterback in this draft. But any amount of money out there is, I'm not going to throw my franchise out on that first play. All right. That makes sense to me. I don't know. I always know if the uh, NFL is the most logical uh, well, the general manager this morning, Mo, says that if I don't trade a quarterback, I might cut one. Why? I mean, you, you're looking at him down over here, man. You're talking about the professor himself. Even with Bridgewater sitting out two years, why he might have absorbed the playbook. It was a playbook in Minnesota. I keep the veteran around with the two guys out there, one that we don't know if the knee is going to hold up to. We're talking about a rookie quarterback that all of a sudden could go out there and his IQ level could be equal to Donald Trump's. So yeah. I got to go ahead and I got to look at my veteran and say it, it might pay for me to keep three guys on my roster. Better career, Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnell? Oh, Donald. All right. 
But really? I, I think I yeah I, I think out of all of them though, if the the price is right and they solidify that offensive line next year, I really like Rosen's arm. I mean, you, you go back and look at what went on in exhibition. It wasn't his fault. They lost the quality center in Shipley, and if you look at the first two games over there, there were a lot of bad snaps. They're moving a kid over that played offensive tackle over at Michigan. Okay, he did have one year as a center with Michigan, but that was back in 2016. So now you're asking a rookie to make your blocking calls up front. You're asking a rookie to move to a position he hasn't played in 18 months, and you got your veteran sitting out there. Uh, you can't, you know, I'm of a firm believer that when you build your offensive line, you up with your center and work your way out. The center is the guy. He's the first man on call to protect your quarterback. So that's going to be an issue to watch over there because we know about Sam Bradford and his fragility. Yeah, uh, Rosen was the fourth quarterback taken. He was unhappy with that. Do you think that's going to drive him or is that going to rub people the wrong way, the uh, the chip on his shoulder? Well, you know, him and Lamar Jackson definitely showed, how could I put it, their immaturity by coming out with their sayings, oh, 31 other teams are going to regret not drafting me. Dude, just go out and play. You were drafted. That's all that counts. You're in the NFL. That's all that counts. The only reason a first-round draft pick has a little bit more, how could I put it, uh, safeness than any of the other draft picks are, the general manager doesn't want to admit to his mistake. So, you know, go out and play. Show me what you could do and then complain about the other 31 teams. Well, and Rosen should have that opportunity. Bradford is how we say brittle. Uh, yeah, and Mike Glennon, oh my God, you talk about a waste of money. I mean, between those two quarterbacks, it's $23 million in questionable funds. And meanwhile, on top of it, they let probably the heart and soul of their defense go with Mateo, go ending up a honey badger, ending up going down to Houston. So to me, it was like a pretzel logic move. I'm spending all of this X amount of money on one position. And meanwhile, I'm letting my heart and soul of my defense leave. On top of it, they lost the defensive coordinator. So you're standing there where I got a team that has to at least stop the other guys and now you're asking me to do that without having the guy that was the heart and soul of my defense. Now I'm hearing you say that Rosen, regardless of where they went, you think Rosen was the best talent coming out? Oh yeah, yeah you look athletically, yes Uh, head department, on the field, yes, my problem with Rosen's in the locker room. I, I think he has that sense of entitlement to him, even though I hear everything from the Cardinal players over here, the offensive linemen. Rosen has been treating them with total respect, and he's trying to gain everybody's trust. That's what I'm looking at a quarterback. So, you know, yeah. the change of element, all of a sudden he's with men. He's not that big man on campus anymore, even though he was their first-round draft pick. Well, and, he, you know, Larry Fitzgerald there to take him under his wings, show him how to be a professional. He's got a rookie in Christian Kirk in which he can grow with. Great ground game, David Johnson. It's an ideal situation. Well, it all comes down to your offensive line, and I have yeah. to keep on going back to it, especially people playing fantasy football. It's like, look at the offensive line first, because your skilled players are not going to do anything unless your quarterback's protected. Your skilled position players are not going to do anything running with the ball unless somebody's opening up the holes for you. Yeah, offensive line, a uh, friend of the podcast, John Tuvey, gave Arizona C minus, so not looking good up front. Well, I would say John's a little generous. You know, I'm in Arizona, <laughs> and I've seen those guys in practice, and I'm sort of like covering one eye and just gloating mm. with the other eye. Really? Yeah, they're going to have problems with their well this year. Oh, not good. Now, the guy we skipped over, um, Josh Allen from Wyoming, goes to the Bills. Of course, they've got McCarron, but McCarron – 
he's all banged up, slated to undergo further tests on his uh, right throwing arm, the, the collarbone shoulder area, looking for a second opinion. Uh, that was just off Roto-Wire this morning. They've got Peterman. They've got a heck of a schedule out of the gates. Ravens, Chargers, Vikings. Let's say McCarron misses time with this injury. We know what Peterman is or what he isn't. What is Josh Allen? Uh, I would say right now it's uh, called the call of the wind, uh, you know, the cry of the wolves, because they're going to have to throw him to the wolves if Peterman mm. gets out to the season like he did in his starting uh, yeah. his starting debut last year. But even in training camp, most people were conceding that Peterman was beating out McCarron anyway. I do see them looking for a veteran on the market. No, it won't be Bridgewater because that's a young guy, but they might end up trying to pick up a vet down the road, but it'll be nothing more than to, you know, be a whisperer into uh, Peterman's and Allen's ear. I don't see P. Allen stepping on the field this year. If I was the trainer of Buffalo, I wouldn't have to worry about cleaning his uniform from week to week. Really? Even if McCarron is out? If they throw Allen out there right now, it probably will retard his progress, even if Peterman goes down if they go with Allen. Allen's not ready for prime time. The only thing Allen has right now is an arm. He just doesn't know what to do with it. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, how do you feel? We've got a, a guy like Matt Ryan starting when he's a rookie. Great success story, but usually that's not the case. David Carr ruined his confidence. You don't really want to toss a guy out there, especially. Yeah, but look at Manny. Look at Manny Iceman when he was up at uh, Boston College. Man, you knew this guy was ready for prime time as a sophomore. Uh, You know, Allen came from a system that really didn't have any tools, but he also came from a system where he didn't have a quarterback coach. I mean, even on a, even on a small college level, you would at least expect a small uh, a small college team to have a quarterback coach to groom those guys. He didn't have one. That was the reason behind his fifty five fifty six percent success rate. Well, folks, we've talked about the first four quarterbacks taken. We got one more in the first round. Hang on, just a sec. While we pay the bills, we'll be right back with the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us. This is Pyromaniac Mo talking to NFL scout Dave T. Thomas. He's one of our favorites. We are rounding out the first round for quarterbacks. So far, we've talked Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. That's four. The fifth and final from the first, one of my favorites. I like a Rosen. I also like Lamar Jackson from Louisville. Of course, we've got Flacco. We've even got RG3 there. What do you think about... Lamar Jackson. Well, he definitely lit a fire on the Flacco. Flacco's looking really good in training camp. I'm just wondering what's going to fall out of the tree when it comes to their wide receivers. That's going to be critical for Flacco. you got a guy with a rifle on, but if you look at those guys, even the speedsters, they don't exactly have hands that are better than Venus the Milo Boat. So that's going to be my critical thing. I'm wondering if we're going to have more drops than completions. Yeah. Do you... um... Do you like Flacco playing this season, or is Lamar going to come? Well, here's what I look at. Ozzie Newsom's out the door after the season, possibly my head coach, too. If Flacco falls flat on my face, you know, I invested a first-round draft pick in what I hope is my future. 
I more than likely could get something on the market for Flacco, possibly even the first rounder if I trade him, even if he has a bad year. I go back to the 2019 draft class. You know, I look at the quarterbacks over there. They talk about this guy. They talk about Haber up at Oregon. I look at Haber at Oregon. He's never played more than eight games up there due to injuries. Uh, to me, he reminds me of Harrington that came out a whole bunch of years ago. Honestly, the best quarterback I've seen in college is uh, Carson Wentz's replacement at North Dakota State, and that's a kid named Easton Stick. Easton Stick reminds me of a taller version of, a, of uh, Russell Wilson. I think that he's going to be a big surprise when he gets down to the senior bowl. But after that, I don't see any quarterback, even on stick, that I would invest a first-round draft pick in. Hmm. What do you think about RG3? He got any chance? Uh, if he does, it's going to be holding his clipboard, no matter where he goes. You know, he shot his load. He did, wasn't able to do it in two places already. So, you know, after the rookie year, all that big promise, and then it was uh, probably a, one of the biggest falls you've ever seen of a quarterback not named Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah, he's still uh, trying to catch on somewhere, and I don't think he can. Well, he caught on with Montreal, but the next thing you know, he went out there and got a ding to the head, and Manziel without a brain is, well, Manziel without a brain, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much, wasn't much of a brain there before, I don't think. Yeah, so, you know, no no harm, no foul is probably what they said during, but during concussion protocol. All right, we've hit all the first-round quarterbacks. Is Rosen still your favorite or Lamar Jackson with his legs? A lot of people like him. Rosen's still I like Jackson, one. too. I think Jackson could be a Russell Wilson type, but to put him in the Deshaun Watson class, I mean, if Watson's knee holds up, we're talking about the Michael Jordan in the pro football. Yeah. I think that everybody will go out and look for him, and I think that they'll have to wait three years because the best quarterback I've seen in the last 25 years resides as the guy that is now going to replace Lamar Jackson. His name is Jawan Pass. I've never seen anything like it. Dante Culpepper size, six foot six, 260 pounds, uh, almost Lamar Jackson type of speed. He runs a 4.38. I was down there during spring drills, and I just went cocoa for cocoa puffs on what he was doing out there on the football field. I think that it is an exciting. Brandon, I think Louisville could be a dark horse in the ACC with that type of quarterback. All right, dynasty players named file away there, Juwan Pass. Let's move on Isn't to... Isn't that a perfect name for a quarterback, though, no, Juwan Pass? <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's in the name. He's born to do this. Nothing, no quarterbacks taken second round. Uh, 12th selection from round three, Mason Rudolph going to the Steelers. Are we possibly talking about a Big Ben replacement here? They've also got Landry Jones, Joshua Dobbs. Um, out of those three, is it going to be Rudolph that would step I, up? Well, possibly. You know, he still has a problem of holding on to the football. But, oh, boy, him and uh, James Washington, the way they connect was the same way they were connecting at Oklahoma State. I like that way they doubled up. They brought the quarterback in with his favorite target. I mean, that, that's perfect synchronicity over there. Uh, I look at the situation, though, is that Josh Dobbs is either going to be traded uh, come the final cut or he's going to be one hot quarterback on the audition trail once he hits the waiver wires. Hmm, really? Well, he's a very smart quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback. But you got to look at the situation in Tampa Bay. you got to look at the situation going on even up at Seattle. They really have nothing backing up Russell Wilson over there. And you look at Dobbs as being a mobile type of quarterback. There's a lot of teams right now that are not concerned with their number ones, but definitely concerned with their number two and number three guys. Well, that leads us right into uh, the next one we're going to talk about here. Kyle Laletta from Richmond goes to the Giants. Of course, you've got Manning, you've got uh, Davis Webb. 
What do you think about Laletta and what do you think about Eli? I think that Eli knows right now he has a Phil Sims clone sitting behind him that if Eli falls flat on his face at the end of the season, it will be Laletta and not Webb stepping in for Eli. Mm. So I, I think- love Laletta. I, I, I told everybody that's the most underrated quarterback in the draft. He doesn't have a, uh, a cannon of it on, but similar to Phil, he knows how to move the chains. Very smart guy. Look at the exhibition game all of a sudden on a broken play. There he runs for a 10-yard touchdown. I can't remember the last time I saw a giant quarterback even run. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting. Certainly in fantasy, you've got the wide receiver, the tight end there, and the running back all basically going in the top six and and Manning is rated well outside of the the 20th top quarterback. So something's got to give either they, the other three guys are going to elevate Manning's play, or we are overestimating what we're going to see from Barkley and OBJ and uh, Evan Ingram there. I think their big problem is the right side of the offensive line. They got to do something over there. Eric Flowers is not going to yep. be their right tackle by midseason. I'd love having Ebron out there because Ebron, to me, is no more, nothing better than a slot receiver. He could really catch up in the middle. I love the way he settles into the soft spot. He's going to be a favorite of Eli's this year, no matter what you say about Beckham or Shepard. I think that it's going to be a kerfuffle behind those two as far as the uh, wide receivers go because you got eight guys vying for three positions. And none of them really, to me, are an NFL type, except for possibly Corey Lattimore, uh, Cody Lattimore, finally living up to that number of round two billing when Denver took him. Yeah, fantasy players were in love with him. He never panned out in uh, Colorado there in, in Denver. Well, they thought they, they had another Demarius Thomas, but uh, mm-hmm. that soon proved wrong. Looking beyond the fourth round, I, I just pulled up a few names and then certainly chime in if you've got some other ones here. But I was kind of looking at maybe replacements, guys that are getting older, guys that just aren't that good. Tanner Lee, sixth round, goes to Jacksonville. Is he the future for Bor- after Bortles? Or is- if he's the future for Bortles, man, let me tell you one thing. Jacksonville will have Armageddon. This is the stupidest quarterback in this year's draft. Go back and look at those INTs. I mean, ninety. I mean, this this guy literally had Mike Riley fired. I mean, you could have had Homer Simpson on the sideline going doy, you know, yeah. on every time that Tanner Lee went to throw a ball. Uh, however, if I go down to Tennessee and I look at Luke Falk, that's a guy that I might want to keep around, not so to replace Mariota, but he's definitely a better option for me down the road than Blake uh, Gabbert will be. There's some guys that I really like. I'll be curious to see what happens with Cincinnati if uh, Barkley does survive as the number two or if they elevate Driscoll to that because Logan Woodside is a really impressive-looking quarterback. And I think that he'll have an opportunity, but not right now. You go look at Kansas City, you know, they got Chad uh, Henney around, but will they try to stash Chase Linton on the practice squad? I don't see them going with three quarterbacks on their roster. I see one guy that's probably going to be out there as probably as this regarded as Colin Kaepernick right now is, and that's Denver's uh, first-round bust, and that's Paxton Lynch. Yeah, Paxton Lynch, he does not look like the hill of beans to me um, how would you like to be philadelphia right now in a pleasant problem they have they got four guys that literally could start in this league okay two of them are banged up in Foles and Wentz but boy did Nate Sudfeld put on one hell of a show this weekend that's a problem uh, many NFL teams wish they had now you mentioned Mahomes and KC of course they've got Henny they got McLoin they got Chase Linton as you said Interception woes thus far through camp for Mahomes. They've got, according to Pyro's strength of schedule, the hardest schedule for quarterbacks. 
What do you think of Patty Mahomes? Are, are you? Are, do you like this kid? Because there's fantasy players love him. I, I, the, the, the kid's got the biggest cojones of any quarterback out there. I mean, you could have eight defensive players draped on him, and he's still going to try to find a way to complete the pass. I simply love Mahomes. Right. I, I look at this guy, and to me, you know, I look at Russell Wilson. I look at Deshaun Watson. I put my money in an early round pick if I was on fantasy football and Mahomes' name comes up. Because I know one thing on this guy, this guy is a gunslinger. Okay, you look at Brett Favre, you go back over there with the INTs. But I'll take those INTs if I'm getting those 60, 70-yard touchdowns out of this guy. Well, I'm loving Mahomes. I've got him in plenty of my best balls. Another guy second year people are talking about kind of related to KC because Chicago they they get Nagy as a new offensive coordinator Trubisky lots of excitement now that old man Fox is out flip side KC has the hardest schedule Bears have the fourth easiest now they've got Chase Daniel they got Tyler Bray but what do you think about uh, Trubisky's success with the Bears this year all goes the corner of the offensive line. Key over there will be Kyle Long, and Kyle Long has had so many operations yeah. recently. He's starting to look at it like Frankenstein. At least they brought receivers in for him. I think you're going to see a great relationship with him and the tight end that they got from Philadelphia, Burton. Because mm-hmm. Burton is that type of guy, man, that you want to use as your safety valve. My concern is if Trubisky goes down, we're talking Tyler Bray and Chase Daniel behind him. Ouch. Yeah. Well, a lot of people really like Burton. He's a, a late-round tight end, mid-to-late-round tight end that you can get. Hopefully there is a connection there between Trubisky and Burton because lots of hope from fantasy owners this year with those two guys. Me, I might start taking out a GoFundMe for over at Minnesota. I think their third-string quarterback, I could probably start for half of the teams in the league. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get Kyle Slaughter out of town. I think really? with the signing of Kirk Cousins and then the trade with Trevor Simeon is going to re- relegate this guy to third string. And I, I look at this guy, I-, I see another Kurt Warner. I just can't understand why somebody who doesn't make a decent offer to bring him in, especially you're looking like a team with Tampa Bay because we know that there's no way that uh, they're going to give Winston $20 million next year now so, not because of his lack of acumen on the football field but more so when is going on in the locker room it's time for that guy to grow up and i think they finally reached that pinnacle with him where they say a change needs to be made yeah he looked okay kyle slaughter what 10 for 15 in uh the second preseason game just kind of dink and dunk stuff but you think he can possibly catch on with another team if there's anybody out there older than me i'll say these two words daryl and Monica, that's what he reminds me of Really? Oh, yeah, my God. I'll t- I think right now, Slaughter's got the best arm in the game. Wow. Hey, named Even over to- Flacco. <laughs> wow, named Stash Away Dynasty players. Kyle well, Slaughter. You look, at the, you look at Minnesota's offensive line, you know it could be a nice audition for him by midseason if that offensive line doesn't get together. You understand one thing, four starters from last year are not returning. They're either uh, signed by free agency with other teams or they're out for IR for the year. Well, we kind of looked at some quarterbacks from two years ago. Let's talk three years and back. I'm going to list a couple guys. Tell me if you think any of these guys have a chance at playing or turning their careers around. Uh, I'm going to toss out Hackenberg, Brissett, Cook, Cardell Jones. Anything with any of these guys? I'm sorry for laughing, Hackenberg. Every time I hear that name, it's like, you know, the, the, the WTF comes out. Pardon my French, but I only said the three letters. It's like, why, why do you even have that guy in training camp, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. If, if Hackenberg ever gets into a game in the NFL over here, I'll be watching baseball. <laughs> All right. So nothing there from the three guys that have been in the league for at least three years or more. 
couple guys. You know, I... by, ter- by the third gear, if you're not elevated to number two, if you're yeah. not breathing down the neck of your starter, or at least having your team consider you as a trade option, there's no hope for you. Last two things I want to talk about, maybe maybe three, but with quarterbacks, Jimmy G, lots of excitement there. What do you think about that and their offensive line in San Fran? I look at the injuries of wide receiver and then losing McKinnon probably into the season. That's going to put a task on these guys. I'm I'm not drinking the Jimmy G bug juice. I look at that team and I see maybe six, maybe seven victories out of them, but they're not playoff contention yet. As a quarterback, do you think he can put up touchdowns this year with the team? Uh, Yeah, he'll put up touchdowns, but I also see him putting up INTs. Understand one thing, he's going to go into the season trying to prove everybody right for trading with him, and that could see him force the issue a bit. I've seen him for years up in New England during practices and everything, and you saw that when he stepped on the field in practice, he was showing too much urgency. (laughs) Rather than retaining plays, he was going out trying to create them. And when you start creating and not following the playbook, bad things happen. Another exciting team people are talking about. We talked about the Bears, Kansas City. We talked about the 49ers and, and their young gunslingers. The Titans, I'm excited. Can they use that Rams blueprint from last season to turn things around now that they got rid of the uh, exotic smash mouth? Or are you concerned with Marietta? I'm not a Marietta fan. I just think that this is a guy that's come out of the spread that hasn't uh, uh, gotten used to get placed in his hands on his centers. But I think that he's more of a run first oriented when pressure comes in on him. And I hate that with my quarterbacks. I don't mind them running, but uh, at least look at your second, third options before you start tucking the ball and running with it. And when he does run with it, he runs with it like it's the loaf of bread. Mm. What about Jameis Winston three-game suspension? Now, they've got a hard schedule opening up with the Saints, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Bears, and then they go to the bye. Do you think Winston can regain this team? I mean, what if Fitzpatrick comes out and starts throwing the ball? If Patrick comes out and throws the ball, it's not the matter of Winston regaining the team. He's never going to regain the trust in the front office. The locker room right now sort of soured on him because they know by him not playing in the three games, it's probably going to take him another three games to get into shape. So you're talking around midseason where this team could possibly be one and five before he steps in there and starts throwing the ball. So, you know, if I'm a veteran right now, I'm ticked off that this guy went out there and did something foolish enough that's going to cost me money as far as a playoff check. Well, the writing was on the wall with him, if you ask me. Well, I think that really we're still looking at teams. They got some serious problems as far as what happens if your starter goes down. I mean, Seattle with Austin Davis and Alex McGoo, that's not going to do it. Sean Mangan has already proven that he's not worthy of stepping in if Jared Goff goes down. Uh, you're looking at where Fitzpatrick is much better holding a clipboard. Uh, you go look at New Orleans, unless the oft-injured Taysom Hill uh, uh, supplants Tom Savage or Breeze goes down and they put Savage in. Oh boy, let's go back and look at Houston last year. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that I'm looking at that will probably be shuffled. Look at the Green Bay for case. Uh, they love what they're seeing at Deshaun Kaiser. Could that make Brett Hutley a trade option? And if so, might the Houston Texans look at him and say, you know, I may want to bring him in because he's not similar to Watson, but he has the same mindset as Watson. And then you look at the, the Dallas Cowboys. If that goes down, you're putting Cooper Rush in there. You're talking about a street free agent, my friend. 
Well, you've given us some good names, especially dynasty guys who like to tuck stuff away. Jawan Pass, this is you know a couple of years down the line, but Slaughter. Fantasy football-wise, if I'm looking at any quarterback for me to take number one, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Not so much so what Aaron could do out there with those young wide receivers. But I, if I take him, I'm doubling up and taking Jimmy Graham at the same time. If you talk about perfect chemistry right now, it's sort of like Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, a lot of people like Jimmy Graham. I went back and looked. I think Aaron Rodgers, the most touchdowns he's ever thrown to a tight end, he did it twice, only eight touchdowns. Graham, I don't know if he's going to fill the shoes that everybody thinks he's going to do. They just have so many weapons there when they get down to the red zone. Well, when we get to the tight ends, I got a nice little uh, find that I'm going to urge everybody to take, and it's a New England Patriot not named Gronkowski. You are a professional, sir. We're just wetting the whistle for folks, so stay with us. We're going to turn this around and talk tight ends on the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, folks, thanks for sticking with us. This is Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me on Twitter, all letters Pyromaniac Mo. And I'm with one of our favorites, Uncle Dave T. Thomas. We just discussed rookie quarterbacks and then some, because Dave is a font of knowledge. Now let's turn our attention to the tight end position. The Ravens, they took the first tight end off the board. They actually took two, one in the first round, one in the third round, which probably just muddies things. What do you think about Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, who was taken second? The most complete tight end in the form of baseball player will end up starting. Mark Andrews will be more so like uh, playing in a slot or a motion H-back. And this put Max Williams out on the street. I think Nick Boyle will probably stay as a number three guy. If they do go for number four, they might give an opportunity to a guy that spent last year out because of a suspension. And that's Darren Waller because they know what he could do with the ball in his hands. So looking at catches we're not concerned with blocking but catching yards touchdowns who's going to have the better year Hurst or Andrews 50 700 yards seven touchdowns that's probably what I would say is average numbers for Hurst Mark Andrews uh how could I put it I've never been impressed with him I had a big fight over with the Mackey award committee when he ended up being a finalist for the award I just you need to block and you know when it comes to blocking this guy has no conception of what to do out there Okay, so Hayden Hurst is the fantasy player to own. You don't get points for blocking. You get points for the yards, the receptions, and the TDs. So Hayden Hurst is your guy. Well, I think so. If Max Williams ends up getting cut, he might end up going south because if you look at the tight end position with the Miami Dolphins, uh, you're looking at Kaseki, who's really a Mark Andrews, who I think will end up starting. uh, But I think you're going to see a changing of the guard with Miami. They may end up keeping both of the rookies down there and – probably to form a quarterback of Marquise Gray. Well, and that's the thing with uh, the Dolphins. Of course, they took Durham Smith, another in the list of Notre Dame tight ends. But Gusecki, lots of fantasy guys really like him for what he can do with the ball in his hands. Do you oh, like yeah, Gusecki? But, but if I need him to go out there and block, you know, I might as well make sure that Tannehill has a duck on the sidelines because he might need Aflac. And <laughs> in, in, in Smythe, I look at him strictly as a block. But a joke on Duran Smythe is, Coach, if you need me to get you two yards, I'll get you two yards. Coach, if you need me to get you four yards, I'll get you two yards. Well, that's the thing with Miami. I think it's clear that Gusecki's the fantasy guy to own. But the, where people were scratching their head in the fantasy community is with the Ravens, is, is Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. A lot of folks were kind of thinking Andrews was going to be the fantasy guy because he can't block that well. 
Hayden Hurst came into this thing already a veteran. You're talking about a guy that came out of the baseball wars. Uh, you, you're looking at a different breed when you're looking at Hayden over here. I think out of all of the rookie tight ends, I think he's going to be a star. Uh, there's one guy that I simply love with the Houston Texans, and I think Ryan Griffin is holding on to his job because he's got two rookies just closing in on him. Jordan Thomas, a six foot seven, two hundred eighty pound tight end. My God, if this kid could learn how to catch the ball, and then you got the catcher in the third round over there in Jordan Aikens. Yep. You're going to see a different culture with the, the the tight end position with Houston, especially having Watson having to come back and slowly get his feet back on the ground. Uh, I think this is going to be how could I put it a rookie tight end prevailing type of season for the NFL it doesn't happen often of course we saw Ingram do it last year end of the season who's got more stats Gusecki or uh, Aikens with uh, the Texans I think because of the Thomas element there, we'll cut into Aiken's time. Uh, even if Smythe cuts into Gusecki's time, it's only going to be his uh, second tight end on the field. Yeah. I think Gusecki's good for at least 40. All right. Yeah, lots of fantasy folks uh, like him as the best tight end. Uh, I've seen him. I rated. see a backup doing better than him, though, guys. And let's head up to New England. Mm-hmm. Up in New England, who do you like up there? We've got. Um... I see Dwayne Allen as a casualty. I I see the team right now. They love Gronkowski, but watch out for they, Jacob Hollister. You look at the wide receiving situation they have over there. I see this team definitely going with a two tight end spot, and I think Hollister possibly even has better hands than Gronkowski. He just doesn't have the rack ability that he does. Well, they've certainly ran successfully to tight ends in the past, so I'm sure they can certainly do it again. Jake Hollister. Well, there, you know, if you're a tight end and you get cut by a team, just show up in Foxborough. Yeah. Bill's never met a tight end he didn't like. He's sort of like the Will Rogers of tight ends. Well, they've certainly utilized the tight ends they've had to r- remarkable ability. Uh, but Gronk you also certainly... look at the x-rays. Every time they pull up the x-rays on Gronkowski with his back, you definitely need to have yourself some quality backups. And Hollister could be the guy. Yeah, Collister could be the guy. I think Dwayne Allen is on the roster bubble right now because of that. If they do let Allen go, I expect Ryan Izzo to be the surprise as their third tight end. Hmm. Another guy that... Fantasy folk are liking from Miami, Chris Herndon, going to the Jets. Do you like this kid? I like this kid, but oh my God, that's probably going to be the biggest problem they're going to have in training camp is because all five of their tight ends are really standing out. Tomlinson is, how could I put it, penciled in as their starter, but Leggett is a great wide receiver. Okay, he's been banged up a, a bit. Uh, former wide receiver Neil Sterling has been catching the ball. The, the Oakland reject, Clive Alford, who had injury issues, that's why the Raiders let him go, but he's shown that he could start for anybody also. This is going to be an avenue where you're going to see a team that might be lacking a tight end go knock, knock, knocking on the door over in Floral Park. Another tight end. That's kind of a lot to talk about, but uh, another one from the second round going to the Eagles team from South Dakota, Dallas Goddard. They've got Ertz, of course, who signed a five-year extension in 2016. I hear you. What, who's your comparison? Dallas Goddard, who do you see in him? Grunk. 
<laughs> seriously, man. I mean, this kid could do it all out there on the football field. I think that ever the only reason he was the second round is because he came from an FCS school and not a yeah. Power Five. But I don't think there's a better tight end among any of the rookies out there. And I would say that right now that Goda could probably start for about 30 teams in the league. Uh, outside of Gronkowski and uh, uh, possibly Delaney Walker, because I think he's the most underrated tight end out there, I take Goddard over any of them. Really? Oh, my God. Boy, boy, till you see the numbers he puts out on the field this year. And especially, you got to look at one thing. They don't have quality wide receivers, so we could see a lot of double tight end formation, especially considering they're going to go with a, a running back committee. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is Goddard just simply... Oh, no, 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 no. This, this, this gonna... is... He's the most complete tight end that I've seen to come out in about the last 10 years. I think the last time I saw a more complete tight end than him, he was residing at Arizona and now in New England. Okay. And you think he can get on the field and put up numbers this year with Ertz in town? I would not surprise me if we see him in the Pro Bowl. Whoa, really? You oh, like him that God. much? Well, wait till you see what this kid could do out there. All right. He's your favorite. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's that's interesting because most fantasy talk has certainly been over Gasecki, Mark Andrews, Hurst. There's you know debate on that. Uh, Jordan Akins, I've heard Chris Herndon haven't certainly after the, his play. More and more people talking about Goddard. But uh, I, I come up at the end of, the, of my draft in fantasy football. I'm looking at the backup right now, who I think will end up being the starter in Seattle, and that's the former linebacker, the former offensive tackle, Will Disley, that they took in round yeah. four. He's really show, surprising everybody in camp with his hand ability. And this is a guy right now when you got Nick Vanette starting ahead of you and you need yourself some blocking, just to bring him in just on blocking purposes alone, it's like having another offensive tackle on the field. And you've seen the way that Russell Wilson has had to scramble for his dear life in the backfield. Well, shed some light on this. This is where fantasy players can get a little weary with tight ends because sometimes you got a, a tight end, and that could be the case in Seattle. Their line is porous. They need an extra body. Will this kid just be a blocker, or are we talking to Jimmy Graham guy down in the red zone? You you go back and look at well yeah going back and looking at that thing when you get inside that red zone and you got a guy that's six foot eight that's got hops because he's a former basketball player okay even if he has let's say twenty receptions this year and seven of them are for touchdowns you know it's forty two points on your board yeah. Look at the way that Denver used Derby well back in 2016 he was brought in for one thing and one thing only man is to catch the ball in the red zone and you see that in Disley. Yeah, I, I see that in Disley. I think Vinette will be more so as a blocker or an underneath type, but Disley's got enough speed to stretch the field. And my God, if I'm a 180-pound cornerback and I see this guy doing a post pattern on me, I'm going, you know what, man? Uh, I, I think I'm going to go to the sidelines with a fake injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some more tight ends than I thought we'd be uh, wetting our chops for. Well, I'll be concerned what Green Bay's going to do because they got a three-headed uh, monster up there. Graham's going to start. More than likely, Mercedes Lewis will be uh, the backup, and he's a good quality receiver. And mm-hmm. then they got the little H-back in Lance Kendricks. Yeah. Could Aaron Rodgers say, you know what? I don't want those little uh, peach fuzz wide receivers on the field. Let me go with a three-tight tight end formation and see what I could do. Let's talk about the Panthers. Not so much talk there. Lots of people looking at Jimmy Graham in Green Bay, but Ian Thomas, is this a replacement for Olsen? I mean, he's headed to the announcing booth pretty soon. Is this a replacement? Uh, 
I don't know if that's going to happen this year or even next. I think that Ian Thomas is much of a good athlete as he is. He'll tell you, too, he hasn't had much of a conception on how to catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's running third string right now. That waiver wire, Chris Manhurts is backing up uh, Olsen. Uh, but I don't see any of the other backups sticking. Uh, maybe Evan Bayless on practice squad, but that's about it. Uh, Thomas will be their uh, third stringer this year, but uh, there's still a lot to go over there. Uh, one guy I am keeping an eye on, though, who is a third stringer, Eric Saubert, over with the Atlanta Falcons. If Austin Hooper gets out to the slow start again like he did last year, we know that Logan Paulson is nothing more than a, a, a blocking type. So, you know, Saubert could end up being elevated to number one with Atlanta, and we know how uh, Matty Isla is thrown to his tight ends. Yeah, Hooper, a bit of a letdown. Uh, to most folks, so that, that's well, a name. Well, look at Stanford, away. where he came from. I mean, Stanford has never been known for throwing the ball to their tight ends, and yeah. you figured after they had that fourth round bust a couple of years ago, they would shy away from a clone tight end from the same school when they had that Samoan kid down there. Couple other names I'm interested in. There's several actually with the Cowboys. They've got a lot. Uh, Rico Gathers, is he? They also drafted Dalton Schultz during the offseason. Jeff Swaim was listed. They also have Blake Jarwin. Who's the guy in Dallas? Is it going to be Rico Gathers? Gathers to catch the ball. Schultz is the blocker. There's not a better blocker even among the veterans than Dalton Schultz. I have never seen a more devastating blocker than I've seen like him last year. And it wouldn't surprise me if I see Schultz lining up at fullback also, which he did quite often over at Stanford. This kid will knock you your socks off. Gathers, hey, you know how it goes, man. You got to keep that uh, basketball tree going and Gathers is the next man up. Well, that's what we like, those basketball bodies that can catch the touchdowns and put up some points for us in fantasy. So Gathers is the man to do that in Dallas. Well, you you know, in fantasy football, you don't get points for blocking. No, no, that's true. Ain't that the truth, Ruth? Now, a couple of guys here, they've been around the league a little bit. Um, I want to hear your the guy that's going to have the best season this year, the worst season, and best career. So here are some names. O.J. Howard. Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Everett, Jake Butt, George Kittle. I think Ingram's going to probably put up the better numbers. I mean, him and Eli have been really hooking up well, and he's madly in love with Lett, or not so with uh, Webb. Hmm. I think probably I see a situation like uh, Nick Boyle. Uh, this is a guy that I find wanting right from the start. I think Vance McDonald is going to overtake uh, Jesse James over with Pittsburgh. Um, not sold on the Ryan Griffin situation as my starter. I think Jack Doyle is a massive sleeper, even though he had an excellent season last year. I still think he's getting, uh, how could I put it, the Henny Youngman treatment yeah. uh, when it comes to tight ends, and that's a guy that I definitely will pick up. Uh, I think that when I'm looking down at the Jacksonville situation, Austin Safarian Jenkins, mm-hmm. great receiver, but I'm more concerned about what he's doing off the field. If Delaney Walker could stay healthy, I think he'll probably be the third most productive tight end in this uh, in the NFL this year. And what about George Kittle? Same same concerns because the injuries voiced... the injuries are concerning yep. me down there, okay. and you know he's just the guy as far as I'm concerned. Same thing you look down at uh, with the Chargers. You know, unless Hunter Henry makes it back at the end of the season, or Antonio Gates signs, they got a great blocker in Virgil Green. But Virgil Green will tell you too; he's got hands of Venus to Milo. Uh, You go and look at Kansas City right now. Kansas City really only has Travis Kelsey and a bunch of, uh, how can I put it, bodies behind him. 
David Njoku, lots of talk about him in Cleveland. Do you think he's ready to make a leap? Yes, yes. It's the matter of him staying healthy. He's had injury issues in Miami. He's had injury issues in camp so far this year. But if he could stay on the football field, him and Tyrod Taylor will click really well. Yeah, we saw Tyrod. We talked about it, having the connection last year with Clay. We've seen it so far in the preseason with Njoku. I, I like him quite a bit. And you brought up Trey Burton. I believe you said the salvation for Trubisky, right? Oh, my God, yeah. You look at what he could do. And don't discount a, a guy that's running fourth string right now with Adam Shaheen banged up. Yep. Uh, Deion Sims, not the more than the blocker. They got a really smart guy who could really catch the ball out of Hartford and Ben Brownecker. This is a guy I want to see if he makes the roster first. But if he does, I would look for him more on the waiver wires. If something happens to Burton, I think they will revert to turning to Brownbecker. And a couple guys that you – well, one guy you brought up with Doyle. I want to know about the other guy down there. Can they support? We've seen them support two tight ends in Indy before. Does Ebron have anything left? I mean, you're talking to a Lions fan here. I do not hold him in high regard, but uh, do you like Ebron and what he can bring to the table down in Indy? You know, when I'm hanging out in the desert and I'm looking at a cactus and the next thing I'm at a botanical garden and I'm smelling a flowers, the change of scenery I think will do Eric Ebron well. Really? Don't, okay. don't ask him to block, but to catch the ball. I, I think he gives luck another option. And understand one thing, too. I got a quarterback coming back that had a bad wing. So yeah. I'm not expecting uh, luck to do those deep patterns, at least not early in the season. So that's where my tight ends are going to play a big role. All right. And you think they can support too, as they've done in the past? Yeah, I think that most teams right now could support the two tight ends because if they go with the attitude, it's better to move the chains than to go for the home run ball. Last one for you. We've talked to some of the youngsters. Give me a blast from the past, a guy, an older tight end that you think can uh, return to greatness this year. Boy, Mo, you set me up. You were probably in my brain because I think that the, how could I put it, the second honeymoon of Drew Brees and Ben Watson is going to yep. be simply great to see down at NOLA. Okay, and do you think that um, the Saints return to more of a pass offense like we've known for years, got away from it last year? Is it going to be what we've known from Drew Brees and Peyton in that offense, or are they going to stick with the run? They've got two great running backs. Uh, they got one great running back, at least for the first four games. <laughs> yeah, but my, yeah. my concern is during those four games, will they run him into the ground? That's the thing yeah. I got to watch, too. You know, uh, I like Kamara, I like Ingram, but I like them in a tandem. Right. I don't like either one of them carrying the ball for me 25 times a game. Yeah, Ben Watson, guy you can get at the end of your draft that uh, I like as well. And with Breeze, how can you not, you know? Well, the whole thing is, you look at Breeze, he's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. You look at what Breeze has done, having a quality tight end down there. With all of the great numbers that Breeze put up, he'll be the first one to tell you the guy that he missed sorely last year was Watson. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, don't don't discount the old man over here. I mean, he's in probably better shape than some of the 20-year-olds. But, you know, yeah, somebody's going to let him slide in their fantasy football to the tail end of the draft, and they're going to end up with a 37-year-old Marvel. So let me just get you to recap here. Am I correct in saying your two favorite rookie QBs are Josh Rosen and the runner there out in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson? 
yes and no. I would take Donald, uh, you know, number two behind Rosen as far as career goes. I think that it's going to take at least several years for the Jets to get their front wall and the proper receivers in place for Donald to really excel. So, you know, come back to me in 2020 and let's see how Donald is then. I think that the situation having a Mike Lennon and a Sam Bradford tells me that if I'm going to pull a quick hook over in Arizona, what do I got to lose but throwing Rosen into the walls? And at the tight end spot, uh, the rookies, you liking Goddard as your top one and Aikens is kind of a sleeper? Uh, Aikens is a sleeper, but I'm still doing that Disley thing. I think, oh my God, if uh, Russell Wilson decides, you know what, let me go to my skyscraper instead of going to my little squat, man. Uh, I think Disley's going to have some decent numbers, at least inside the red zone. Maybe not as far as catches go, but the whole thing comes down to it. You get more points for a guy scoring a touchdown than you do for a catch. Yeah, and Lord knows with uh, the vacancy, they've got a couple guys that left there. They've got a lot of red zone targets up for grabs this year. So but my, my super sleeper at tight end will be Hollister. I just think I Hollister. have to look at the back issue with Gronk. I got to look at how Brady likes using the two tight end positions yep. and where Brady right now is still trying to audition, at least trying to find two wide receivers for himself. All right, Dave T. I am out of questions. Anything that came to the the fountain of knowledge, your mind, uh, that you want to tell the folk before we turn this one over? Oh, it's Manic Monday. I have nothing left but brain cells in my head right now. I had a long weekend. <laughs> there were a yeah, lot you're... of games. There were a lot of games in SummerSlam, brother, man. So, you know, I'm sort of still in the frenzy from last night. Yeah, you're uh, basically full-on college mode now, aren't you? Yeah, full-on college mode, and also I just picked up a deal with the uh, AAF to start helping them with my scouting reports. They signed 100 players this weekend, so it looks like they have strong intent of sticking around this spring. Do you think, do you like what they're running there? Do you think it's going to have a chance for success? You know why? Here's twofold. One, they've accepted that they will be a minor league for the NFL, and quite frankly, the NFL needed a minor league for ages over here. Two, I think with them coming in and showing the element and bringing in, how could I put it, what's called the -the over-the-hill NFL gang, but these guys still have knowledge working in the front office, Bill Polian, Phil Savage, Tony Softley. They got a lot of good minds over there. And with the element that they're going and everything else, understand one thing. Spring comes up, all of a sudden I'm sitting there. What do I got? I got spring training going on. I got basketball probably just coughing because they're past the midseason mark. Uh, Hockey really doesn't is not global yet in the United States. So by bringing that football in, especially with the fantasy football fans, you got another element that will carry over into the next training camp. Yeah. Now, what Vince what Vince wants to do over there, nah, that's not going to go. To me, it's like XFL. You might as well just put three X's across it and cross it off your mind right now. That'll certainly be interesting. Like you say, we've needed uh, a minor league for years, and I think dynasty players would love to see something like this. You know, the grand opportunity. Well, look, go look at baseball right now. Even if they couldn't make it in the minor leagues, the guys end up going independent ball. And sooner or later, okay, they're not really that great quality. We haven't had any superstar come out of it. But what major leagues needs to dip, they'll dip wherever they need to dip. I think the NFL right now needs something more than just eight men hanging out on a practice squad. Well, the more football they can cram in, the happier I will be. Mo, you look at it one thing, it gives you another element. While you're out there looking to scout the guys that you're going to draft, you also look at what's being developed in that minor league because let's say I need a tight end. 
And I go into the draft and I don't get my tight end. Okay, I'm looking at the guys in the AAF because their season's going to end a couple, uh, another month past that. So I know I could bring a guy in and still have him there for minis, have him there for OTAs, and then get him ready for training camp. Dave, T, our hour's been wrapping up here. And always, it is such a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thank you for uh, giving us the knowledge once again. Well, two things I would like to rock and roll on next week. Let's get back in on these running backs because I think we're seeing a different culture with the running backs this year. I think you a lot of teams, especially the teams using the spread, are going to start gearing away from their passing attack then. I think we're going to see quite a few teams, too, get away from that running back by committee. So there's going to be hmm. some sleepers I'd like to talk about. The resurgence of the running back. Well, the resurgence of the running back and the biggest questions on the board, your place kicker. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Almost hey. definitely, because, you know, those are the guys that are either a three or a one, but you're looking at them right now when you're seeing in, uh, in uh, the exhibitions. Uh, a lot of these guys are sort of missing uh, the key, or how can I say missing the uprights? He is Dave T. Thomas from Scouting Services, Inc., publisher of the NFL Draft Report. You hear him here and with Paul Crane on Scouts Honor Podcast. Dave T., thank you once again for stopping by and tantalizing us with your fantasy and football knowledge. I'll mow anytime for you. You know that. All right, brother. Pyromaniacs, this has been the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 67. I'm going to turn it back over to Mr. President with the full track entitled Left and Right. Episode 67 is wrapping up, and until the next time, we will catch you on the flip side. 